Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me after a bit of a layoff is Josh Cacho. Josh, how you doing? I mean, obviously, it's always better to talk after a win, um, but it's good to be back, right? It's good to kind of take a take a step back and look at some of the performances and really analyze what what we could be doing better because obviously when things are going good right it's it's easy to kind of gloss over some of the things that have been going on and you know and probably um you know probably be a little bit easier on um on the analysis side of things but obviously after a game like this one this is one where you're going to have to dive in and look at hey what are the things that they're just not quite doing that led to a you know a pretty thorough beating um, from Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess since the last time we've, we've spoken, <laughs> they've actually drawn one and lost. Uh, so, I mean, technically we're still speaking after win, but obviously just yesterday was the two, nothing loss to Colorado. They had a two, nothing win over Portland in the U S open cup. And then a two, two draw to, to Philly last week. Um, still at the top of the, at the top of the table. So still in good shape. Um, I think you just see, what we've been talking about where when you do rotate the midfield at all, well, not at all, especially at the six, right? That's what we're really talking about. It it causes problems. Um, And now depth looks a little sketchy as Escobar and and Hollingshead seem to be dealing dealing with injuries. Uh, Did you get any updates on, on Hollingshead and what happened? No. And, and when it happened, I'd have to go back and take a look at the injury itself. Um, because it was one of those ones where it kind of like I didn't really notice until it was almost too late, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it it's it's just one of those we'll have to kind of see what if anything does come out, um, you know, over the next couple couple days, and we'll kind of make a little bit more of a judgment call there. I'm kind of going back and trying to see. It looks like it was an ankle. He walked off the field, so okay. you know. Um, Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, having to be subbed out or say it's not something he was able to, able to easily walk off there. So yeah, but yeah. Most yeah. of the testing looks like they're doing. They did. They were doing a little bit of knee testing early on. So again, I'm now that I'm going back and kind of looking at the film. Um, so we'll see. He kind of gets he gets kind of stuck in um, on a challenge. And just kind of falls over and then stays down. Hmm. So I don't know. You know, it could be obviously anytime you have like a plant and twist, um, which is what it kind of looked like there. Obviously, there's a couple different things that could be, you know, could be at play. But obviously, we're hoping for the best here because he kind of go in and again, someone kind of cuts in front of him and he plants and then kind of flips over. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 Uh, so again, two nothing loss. Colorado scores on two penalties. Um, I, I, being a being a referee for so long, um, I don't like blaming referees because I just don't think like we all. Everybody has to deal with referees. Everybody has to deal with poor referees, good referees, biased referees. Um, it's it's a good it's a good way to kind of like. Um, not have to shoulder responsibility, and especially in a game where you give away two penalties, it's 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 convenient to be able to say, "Oh, well, you know, Ted Uncle hates us or whatever." 
Um, do I always, do I think he gets it right all the time? No. Do I think both challenges from Ibeaga and and Janela are predictable and penalty worthy? Yeah, probably. Uh, if you had to ask me, just seeing that starting lineup, who's going to give away penalties? I would have said, yep, Ibeaga and Janela. Like those are the two guys, right? Those are the two guys you're going to worry about. Um, so obviously LAFC dealing with some rotation issues, trying to make sure that everybody's fresh during this six or seven week or six or seven game period of this month. Um, and they get snake bit by it, uh, twice, uh, Ibeaga with a just stupid high boot. Uh, just if his positioning had been better, he probably could have cleared away a header or just take the positioning after the ball bounces. Um, and then Janela with, a with just kind of a crazy clearance coming back after Lewis loses the ball. I think if he had just laid off a little bit, or maybe if Lewis had played that as a pass, then he's not going to get called for the penalty, but um, because it's still kind of in Lewis's possession after that really poor touch. uh, I don't, I it's, it is brutal. It's brutal to give up two penalties like that in quick succession. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like what 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 is it they always say when in in mixed martial arts? It's like you never want to leave it up to the referee's decision, right? Like yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't leave no doubt with what the result should actually be. And right. this was a game where, like I said, based on the way that LAFC played, like you know, yeah, McCarthy gives up the two, you know, like that gets you has you know has to try and stop two peak and two penalties. But to be fair, you know, he had to stand on his head throughout much of the game having to make several saves to even keep it at two nothing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. um they didn't play well at all. Right. And mm-hmm. so again, I think that's where again to to lay the blame on Ted Uncle who, you know, he's he's not a good referee. But at the same time, it's it's also not the reason why you lost. Right. Yeah, it's not the reason that you you failed to create more clear cut chances and that you only got I think three shots on goal, two shots on goal. Um, if you want to play the XG battle, Colorado ends up with like something three and a half expected goals and LAFC is like 1.4. Granted, when you take that many penalties, uh, your XG is going to go up exponentially. But they, I, I, I think they're worth 0. 0.75. Do I have that right? Yeah. So, I mean, they had more in just penalties than LAFC created all day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uncharacteristic for LAFC, right? Uh, one thing I want to talk about is the three four one two that Colorado plays uh, specifically against LAFC. LAFC uh, that's kind of the four three three killer, right? Um, and the reason this works so well is because uh, you're man for man center backs against against the front three, so four three 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 four one two. That gets nullified, and then you use your wing backs to pin the opposing fullback. So in this case, Palacios and, Holl- and Hollingshead, you'd use your your wing backs to pin them back, and you have two defensive midfielders sitting on the two attacking mids. Um, so it's really a heavy lift for a guy like Janela to beat his man and be able to pull strings when everybody can essentially be man marked uh, in the attacking third or middle third. Uh, and Janela is just not. I, he's not up to the task. We've long talked about how much how much 
raw talent he has and and how much raw skill he has and how he's a pretty smart player but man he's just I don't know if it's a lack of game time or if it's just never going to happen but um I just don't I just don't see the progression that we need to see and maybe yeah, and you're and you're you don't have the luxury given what the expectations are to allow him to develop properly either yeah right like yeah if if you're if you're a team that's that's purely building from youth who doesn't have a window with your highest paid player right the coming to a close you can approach it a little bit differently but given given the makeup of this current team right that you know that went from being extremely young right to to having a lot more of a veteran heavy veteran heavy presence with most of your best players in either in their prime or just about to exit in late prime, right? I would say like the way Ilya is playing is probably late prime. Vela is probably on the back end of his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have guys like Acosta and and Escobar and you know who are and Crapo, right? Who are in that twenty six to thirty range, right? Yeah. Where this like that that is you should be playing your best soccer at that point. Um, you don't have the luxury of allowing a guy to develop right he like you you need you you know because again by the time he's ready based on what we're seeing right vela and Ilya are 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 probably done yeah yeah i mean it's win now mode right Um, for sure and again this is also to be fair this is also a different colorado team right like they did add the last time we saw them they were in like a three four three right or something you know, I think K, I think K was playing like an attacking midfielder, or it's like it's either a, it was like a three four three or like a three four two one, right? Where you had like a single forward with with two attacking mids kind of underneath, yeah. um, like like the way that Chelsea plays, um, comparatively to now when they added Zardes, you have that combination of of uh, of Zardes and Lewis up top, which also actually pulls K into a more natural role. Right for him, where he's not having to be like a ten or a or a or a, you know a a chance creator, and yeah. leave that to Diego Rubio, who's been playing extremely well mm-hmm. this season. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it definitely, like I said, like it's it's one of the few times this season where you felt that Tornillo was was out, um, you know, met his match from a tactical perspective. Yeah, yeah, and again. Like they, if they if somebody sets up and that's a that's a formation that Colorado has been playing for a couple of years now, this three four one two because again most people play out of some variation of a four three three, um, so it's it's not like it's not like Colorado just decided oh let's use this formation against them this one time it's something that that's well drilled right Robin Frazier's been using for a while they're ready for it, um, so I think I think you see. Toronto, yeah, meet his match a bit this weekend, um, but it's nothing. It's nothing to freak out about. I mean, ultimately, it's two. It's still two penalties that you give up uh, in what would have otherwise been a nil-nil draw. Again, not a convincing performance, but um, what are you going to do? It's the third game in seven days, uh, so and it's not getting any easier, right? So this is this is ultimately where the coaching staff as a whole, right? Not not just Ranillo and his assistants from a from a purely tactical perspective, but this is where this is where guys like 
your back this is where your backroom staff right makes their you know has to show their value yeah right like how do you have you know are you able to get some of these guys back from injury are you able to prevent some of these injuries are you able to make sure that you know like the there's an, the coaching staff is aware of potential rotations that do need to occur right which it seems like they were you know like I said given that you have you had a big matchup against Austin coming up um on Wednesday right you do see a bit of that i'm assuming that's where most of this rotation comes from um yeah. albeit carlos vela right is still playing quite a bit right you would think that he would have been the guy that you know they would try to save a little bit more after the, like the 60th but again chasing down two goals right you're only allowed you can only do so much at that point. Yeah. One thing that I want to bring up is this this does add some more color to the Chiellini rumors, right? Where if you know maybe you really do need another center back because I don't know when Segura is coming back at this point. Um it's supposed to be soon. Uh Mario's knocked knock he's he's picked up some sort of knock. Um and Henry must be hurt. Is Henry hurt as well? Yeah, he got hurt during the um, first Open Cup game. Like he okay. came out like at, right, at the right. half, I believe. He could barely remember. He went to like sprint back and just was like on one leg yeah, at one point. Yeah. So, I mean, very quickly, your center back depth is depleted, and Mamadou Fall obviously is not coming out of the lineup. But if you have to go to Sebastian Ibiaga, you are well and screwed. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that's a guy that I would be actively looking to not have to play, and yeah. if that's if that's offering a TAM deal to Chiellini, <laughs> uh, maybe he's got a year left. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he's not going to be worse than Ibiaga. I'll tell you that much. No, I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where I think like the the short term memory is real, right? And obviously, everyone wants to prove their point correct. But you know, like what was it? Not that long ago, Italy was winning. Won the won the Euros with him in a back two or in a back four. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, right. It, you know, and again, he's never been a guy that that's needed to to out athleticism anyone. Right. It's it's for him. It's always been about the dark arts and and positioning and these yeah, types of things yeah. that allow him to be such an amazing defender. And like, if there's anyone that's defined Italian defending it's over him. the last twenty years, it's him. Yeah. Right. Like. He is he is the 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 mold and by which everyone in, you know in you know in, in Italy looks to follow, um, yep. you know. But you know again, I think what Ibiaga's you know was was intended to be your fourth choice center back, right? And unfortunately, you're there at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I think what last we had heard, what Segura should be scheduled to come back this month. I'm assuming given that my guess is they're going to wait until, till June. Yeah. Get through this, see where, yeah, see where the you, team is. It's either yeah. that, you know, so there's one of two situations. I think that you, you the, like in terms of, because when you look at the timeline, Sergura should be back by, you know, should be back around this time. The time frames for ACL have, have, have changed dramatically over the years. In terms of return to sport, mm-hmm. it used to be like ten months on average, ten to twelve months on average. Now yeah. it's somewhere closer to six to eight, mm-hmm. right? I believe it was like was it Van Dyke came back in six months. Yeah, he tore it against Everton yeah. like 
right around the holidays and was back by the beginning of the next season. So, man, Jordan um, Pickford. Yeah. Still, when I think about that, I'm, I'm not even a Liverpool supporter, but like, it's a it terrible. Infuriates play. me so much to think about that play. Yeah, if he didn't it, even like, get carded, right? No, that play alone. If Everton goes Ugh. down, it would. It's for, they they deserve for that alone. I don't think um, they can. Huh? I don't think they can now, right? I think they're safe. No, I th- didn't they tied it? They lost today. Did they lose two? Yeah, the Brentford. are they tied with Leeds at thirty six points? Uh, that- Leeds is just out there. They're at 36, Leeds at 35, Burnley's at 34. Okay, so I guess if both Burnley and Leeds win, mm -hmm. and then Everton has... And then Everton loses. And Everton has... Oh, they have a game in hand. Yeah. Everton has two games left, Crystal Palace and Arsenal. Mm. And Burnley has a game, has two games left. Mm -hmm. Jesse, Jesse Marsh. I would not have advised him to take that job. I think I've said no, that on Bielsa, the show. Before, Bielsa left them in kind of a bad spot there. Oh, man. Just, yeah. And like you're following the guy that got him back. Here we are. We're completely derailed talking about the EPL. But you're talking about the guy that finally got him back. He's been a cult hero for years for good measure. Uh, but we all know his teams fall apart. And when they do, it's spectacular. Right? Mm-hmm. When Bielsa coach teams meet their like when they reach their limit it's over yeah it, it is um, a, a fall like no other like i i know that everybody like hates the ted lasso comparisons but like talk about an american coach who was set up to fail <laughs> like i mean bob 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 at swans he was probably pretty close to though uh, yeah i yeah i mean that but team the, wanted no part of even yeah, playing yeah you know, at least it seems like the guys at Leeds want to play hard. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do. But man, just, <laughs> just brutal. Not a, not a smart decision, if you ask me. Anyway, who knows? Maybe maybe he'll Ted Lasso his way into a into a win in the final match, and uh, either Everton will, or Burnley will bail him out. But uh, anyway, back to whatever we're. I think we're still talking about Ibiaga. So I, yeah, I think. Uh, the only thing that I could take away from this game is that, yeah, Ibeaga, I don't want to see Ibeaga on the field. I don't. And if that means sign Chiellini to $600,000 a year for a year, fine, do it. Like, I don't, you're going to have to do something. Um, the other thing is uh, you've got to get another midfielder that can do something. And if if it's me, if it's me, it's, you get the attacking midfielder that you can partner with Sifu or Blessing so that when Ilya does need rest, Acosta can play the six. Hmm. And when Ilya doesn't need rest, Acosta plays the eight. Yeah, but with, I would, that, with that other attacking midfielder, right? And Sifu yes, and yes. Blessing get pushed to the bench. Yep, yep. And like make have have Blessing as your... At, like Adam as some right back depth because... Uh, I think it was just the, on the last show, you and I talked about how cool it was that we have Palacios playing at a high level and you have uh, Escobar playing at a high level and then you have the swing fullback in Hollingshead that can play either side, but now two of those guys are injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, and you Blessing's going to have to you, play there. Yeah, and you lose so much in moving Acosta to the you know, to right back. 
right? We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? What game was that? It was like the the what the second. I think game that of was the, the Portland game, wasn't it? Where where um, where Acosta moves to right back? I think so. Right, because Hollingshead comes out or Escobar comes off super early. Early, yeah. Or no, maybe, no, no. It was the game not. after. Okay. Because Kim oh, Moon right, won. Because he started there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you still had Kim Moon won there for a little bit, and then yeah, um, yeah. Because in the in the one when when Escobar goes off, Hollingshead does come in. There. That's right. I believe right. it was the Vancouver game. Vancouver game was where Acosta. Yeah. Okay. It was Vancouver when you had Acosta and Hollingshead start because um, Palacios had picked up a knock yeah. at one point. Yeah. Against, I think against Miami or something like that. Yeah. So again, we've talked a lot about how LAFC loves these versatile players that can kind of like uh, fill in in multiple spots. So you, and I, I, it's not an approach that I disagree with entirely. This idea that, Hey, Latif blessing is a great player. So, He's going to both be a center midfielder and a backup right back. And that way, if we do need somebody, it's not, you know, uh, pick your random poor, like it's not Omar Gaver coming on at right back. It's Latif Blessing, who we, it's who we trust infinitely more than Omar, right? Um, but he, you, you have to actually be free to play that way. You can't put Acosta. Sifu and Blessing all in the same midfield. Like Acosta's good on the ball, but he's not he's not Sergio Busquets, right? So he's not yeah. he's not gonna do all the heavy lifting for you. And man, I just imagine a Sifu blessing pairing would just be a disaster in terms of passing. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But Yeah, I mean I I think you have to change your approach a little bit if that's what you're gonna have to do. Right. Like yeah. if you play that midfield three your goal is not necessarily to be this this ultra technical possession team, right? At that point, it's like get stuck in, win the counters, and attack, you know, yeah. and counterattack yeah. because that's what those guys are going to do better than, you know, that that trio is going to be, if anything, really good at at at, at counter pressing, right? So there there is a time and a place for it, um, whether or not it's you know the issues that you're you are going to run into a couple situations where it's not. It's less than ideal, right? To have, um, you know, that that pairing where you know where you're playing against a team that's more bunkered, and you're going to need someone, you know, a team that's going to be better at um, at being able to play through, you know, in a more possession oriented style. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, it's just things to think about. There's not really a way that you can. I mean, the other the other option would be to like, okay, well, let's go to a box midfield. Right, let's yeah. just overload it because we're short on fullbacks, whatever. Uh, but that, you don't have three center backs right now. No, that right you can, now, they yeah. can throw in there either. So it's not like you can go to a three-four-one-two yourself um, when all the injuries are along the back line already. So yeah, and then again, if you go to something like a what, like a four-four-two diamond, right? You 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 just lose so much in attack, and I don't know if you have the horses to do it at the moment either. You know what? That's not that... that's not a bad idea, actually. If you go to the four four two diamond, right? You let with... what Vela and Chicho Apai play Opoku in the hole. I would probably play Opoku or Vela in the hole. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. 
people love to go with the four for two diamond that has like a um that has just like a striker waiting in the hole like that but i really when uh, when i see that formation i really want to see something more from like i want somebody who's on the ball more and i guess with vela coming back into the midfield more frequently maybe it'd work um yeah i, mean, I wouldn't if, even if... mind seeing a poku as one of the shuttlers like that's play true. him at one of the eight at one of the eight spots he can do that job just fine i mean because um, if if b-rod is healthy right then he'd be, then he'd be my choice yeah at the, in the hole or in the hole yeah because yeah. he's either that but like, i mean you lose i feel like he can his ability to stretch the field is something we just don't have at the moment Right. Yeah, at I least. mean, I think I think you have him start if he's running off the shuttlers though into space, then you you're gonna you're gonna have some success there. Right, um, it would be or it would be like Iliad deep with a two shuttlers on either side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it called? I think Madrid did it for a while with with Casemiro, and then they would have, yeah. um, I believe it was uh, Isco that would float in and play that that number 10 underneath right. Ronaldo right. and um, and Benzema. Because again, I think the one thing that you have to consider, right, is the width, the width of the 4-3-3 is a lot for, it's asking a lot of Carlos Vela at the moment. And he's not, at the moment, I feel like he's not able to get in the position where he's very dangerous at, at all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, do I see them going to like wholesale uh, system change? No, because that's not like LAFC have been this way for five years. Like this is, this is who they are. Um, it's just trying to spitball some ideas on how to deal with injuries and, and how to stem you over until you can get some more reinforcements, which crazy enough, like last week you and I were talking about how kind of incredibly deep the team is. So anyway, uh, anything else from this one that you want to get into Josh? I, they're on to the next, they're on to the next round uh, in terms of open cup. We, we drew the galaxy uh surprise surprise uh yeah. so we'll be playing the galaxy at carson um that's a tough draw it's a tough draw it's, well and it's a tough draw when you look at the schedule around it right the, yeah and i think that's going to be to me i think that's actually the bigger the biggest concern is obviously you you, you can never punt on an on an el trafico right like that's yeah that's just something that you could i feel like you know, it just can't be done. Right? Like right. it's, you know, there's. I don't think there's ever a time where you're going to be like, okay, we're this is the game that we're going to not try in because of yeah. whatever. You know, maybe maybe if it's a situation where like you're going to a CCL final on the week the like the Wednesday after or something like that. You know, right? But that would, to be fair, I think that that's that's probably the only the only time in which. um you're going to consider that, but you know, so with, with the schedule, you know, considering the schedule, that's probably where, you know, you're, you're going to run into some problems because you do have, you know, so you've Austin this midweek, you had a Columbus on Saturday, and then that open cup game is the following Wednesday. Right. And I will say this early on in the season, they should be able to ha- handle a game every three days. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you do it in, you know, like the professional athletes, you look at, Europe, they do it all. You know, it's it's a fairly regular thing, right? To be able to, if you're a Champions League, Champions League level team, right? They have to play on a Wednesday and then the following Saturday, 
In fact, my, yeah. from what I understand, most guys yeah. prefer right because you don't have to train as much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at look at what Liverpool's go I, again. I get it. It's not EPL. MLS is weird. Liverpool is Liverpool, right? But look at what they're going through. Like, you can miss me with all the oh, there's there's too much there's fixture congestion. Like, you got to figure that out. You got to build your team better. Um, and again, it's funny because after one result, we all of a sudden we're like, oh, you got to fix your roster holes. But it's like this is what happens when you get injuries, right? Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and there's a couple ways that you you approach it, right? Like, if you're a Manchester City, right, you can buy, you know, half of league <laughs> league league on, yeah. right? You know, you just buy all these guys from the French league or whatever it may be, and then that's who fills the back end of your, you know, mm-hmm. how many center backs do they buy over the course of the last five yeah. years? And yeah. I think they've spent like <clears throat> some absurd amount on on outside backs, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to find the next Danny Alves, basically. Um, but, you know, ultimately, when you kind of look at the the scope of things, right, the average team, like, you know, again, if you're dealing with a more limited budget, right, not to say that the budget is, you know, Liverpool's budget is any way in, compar- in, in comparison to that of a major league soccer team, right? But you have to fill it and you have to look at your, look at Seattle. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a combination of your academy and then your depth signings. But the question is, is LAFC's academy at that point yet where they can say, okay, we're going to, we're going to take one of these guys and count on them to play, you know, to, you know, to hold, not necessarily win you a game, but at least hold things down. Right. right. Yeah. So this, this a, is a, a this, Seattle's a good example, right? If Janela was Obed Vargas, and he comes out and makes, you know, has a has a performance like he did. We're all just standing around saying, "That fifteen-year-old kid, what are you going to do?" Right? Um, and he's not costing you anything. Again, Janela. Part of the reason there's so much scrutiny on Janela is because of the price tag, of his salary, of his status as an international player, and as a status as a one of the U twenty two initiative players. Right? So there's only there's a, like He's if there's a spot to be taken up, he's taking it up. International, big salary, um, big transfer fee for MLS. That is, and one of three U twenty two initiative spots. Um, so you have to have production there. Whereas if he's just an academy kid on the supplemental roster or whatever the roster mechanism, so he doesn't even count against what you have, and he's just he's just gravy. Then right, you don't have to you don't have to sweat bad performances. Um, so anyway, one to be fair, Obed Vargas actually, you know, in a in a big moment, right, came through. Yeah, no, he's looked right? good. Like, he's looked good in CCL. But I mean, right? Janela's shown his flashes as well, right? It's not like Janela's yeah, but, all. But have bad, we but. have we seen Janela be able to come into a game as big as CCL? No, no, right, and make and and not look out of place. Right, right. right. We've seen Janela come in and have flashes, but also when when asked to play an entire game, look like a fish out of water at times. Yeah. Right. Because that that's kind of the thing, right? It's like in a ten minute span, you'll see some nice things. Yeah. But over a ninety minute span, hooey. Right. It's yeah, like- and I mean this is this is a great time, like we talked about, we're down to Sebastian Ibeaga, right? And we know that we have guys with the lights that came through the LAFC Academy and Leone and uh uh what's the other kid's name? 
can't think of his name. Duenas right is hurt. Christian Torres. He's hurt. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I was thinking specifically about center backs. So Duenas and, and Tony Leone. And it's like you, your first couple guys aren't necessarily going to be big time successes, right? The, the Obed Vargas's of the world are few and far between. Um, and that's okay. Uh, LAFC doesn't have to have them producing yet, but this is part of being a, a young franchise, right? Is that that system isn't totally fully fleshed out yet. Um, so you would love to be able to just pull up an Academy guy as opposed to the dude you picked up from NYCFC midseason, uh, who's just seems like every time he steps onto the field is a disaster class. And the unfortunate thing is that because of the depth issues we've seen lately, like Leone hasn't even been able to play, get game time with Las Vegas, right? Because he's been sitting on the bench with the first team, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And again, the question becomes like, if, if he's there, is he, is he anywhere close? And because some of the other guys you've picked up that are on the roster, like uh, Traore, right? He's playing, I think, left back for Las Vegas at the is moment. He? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe that's a guy that you see at some point just because of some of the depth issues that we're seeing pop up. But, yeah. you know, we'll see, right? Because again, I think you're, you're starting, you know, like you're going to get saved by the bell to a certain degree, right? Like it's not one of these situations where you did so poorly heading into this moment. Whereas if you had a string of negative results that you can't recover, Right, like you're top of the league, yeah, absolutely. At the, you know, top of the table at the moment. And what will be nice, you know, and then you, again, you're going to get saved by the fact that you have a two week layoff where everyone can get healthy and come back mm-hmm. heading into June, right? But once you hit that June period, it is a slog. Yeah, right. Like yeah. those games are, especially because you're going to have to go to Texas sometime in July, mm-hmm. and that is not at all ideal. Right? Yeah, like I mean, you you definitely want to build up enough of a cushion early to be able to kind of rest on your laurels a little bit. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, it suits, I guess you can, you can get into it from a strategy point of view here, where if you look at it and you say, okay, LAFC can prioritize the open cup right now. And we can kind of, because they won a bunch of games and they're atop the, the, the standings in MLS, we can play for draws, or close wins. We can lose a couple. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, as long as we keep advancing in the open cup throughout the summer and then start to whip it on again in the fall, heading into the playoffs, we'll be fine. Right. Um, so I, maybe, maybe people would like to see, you know what? No, we have to go to first supporter shield. That's the most guaranteed way of getting into CCL. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there, John. I don't know how you feel about strategizing. Yeah. What? One so what? Over the other. What would be? What is the minimum good result for the next four games? Right. So you have Austin on Wednesday, Columbus Saturday, Galaxy on the following Wednesday, and then San Jose is your last game before the break on the twenty eighth. Yeah. You know, so you basically play every three days for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So four games. What? So you got. You have to draw. You draw against Austin, right? One of the hottest teams in the league, other than yourself, will be my. <laughs> will be my. Is that at home? Yeah. So play for the draw, maybe steal one late. Team's been good at that. Have to win against Galaxy. Have to. Um, and you'd love to not go 120 minutes on that, right? Because you have all these games. And then, oh, so sorry, it was Austin then Columbus. You would so love it's to Austin be able to- at home, Columbus away. Oof. 
that would be the that, game that you throw. Right. So and I you think, hope you hope because they're so poor, maybe you maybe you steal a win on the road. Yeah. Just so by rotating. It's probably what you're you're gonna play your best lineup at Austin. Your bet your yeah. for the Austin and the Galaxy game, you're playing your best eleven. Yes. Right. Um for as much as they're able to go. Mm-hmm. Columbus, you're gonna play a rotated lineup, bunker in. You know, and again, I think with with Grundelo, they're going to be more willing to be a little bit more pragmatic than I think we would have seen in years past. Given this, you know, like I feel like if it, this is Bob, right? You're you're seeing, you know, your best eleven at Columbus going ninety with yeah, we're with either going to win game. three zero or lo- or lose seven to nothing. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, because it you know it's the same situation for like that random Houston game where where you had the clearance off the line from from. Uh, From uh, Elmanir, yeah. right? So it's like the in it's like Bob is having them play the exact same way, and it's like why? Like, right. Why not? Why not be a little bit more pragmatic? Like Columbus isn't playing well; they're they're playing at home, needing a win. Why not be a little bit more patient and just try and you know and and hit them and hit them on the counter? Right. 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 That's probably a great game to do. It's probably the you know again when did. When did what's his name go down? Um, Rodriguez got hurt on the 9th of April, so he's been out Man. approximately a month now. So mm-hmm. you, he should be starting to near his return to sport, right? Obviously, you probably don't want him to have to go play. Like, you don't want him to have to return against the Galaxy. No. you right. Ideally, you'd love to see him get a few minutes You'd love like to see San him Jose go maybe 20. at the end of the Well, I would I would even say if you can get him 20 to 30 or even 15 minutes against Columbus and you can bring him in as a sub against the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh and then have him go 60 or something against uh against San Jose, but Yeah. So, you know, so then again, I think you're playing Yeah, I think it's it's Austin Austin at 100. It's Columbus at a you're playing at about 60% yeah. and galaxy at a hundred and then San Jose, you don't care. Yeah. yeah. It's San Jose at home, right? So you're going to, you know, they're going to bunker in, you know, again, and, and you have the luxury of knowing you don't have to play for a while. Yep. Right. So yep. you can probably, you know, even after the galaxy game, you can probably play your guys a little, you know, longer than you would have think if you had a game, even yeah. a week, a week after that. So you have yeah. a two week layoff. So, you know, guys aren't probably going to train for what at least three to four days after that San Jose game, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they kind of get back to it, heading into you know. Then you have, then you then, then but then you play Seattle away, Red Bull at home, Dallas at home Oof. for your next three games. Then you go away to Vancouver and then at home for El Tráfico on the eighth of July. It's a brutal schedule. That is relentless. I mean, yeah. I guess Vancouver away isn't so bad, but like. Those three games back for the break are exceptionally. That, those aren't hard. It's, it's Seattle way is always tough, yeah. right? Um, even though they're at home, Red Bull and Dallas are both playing well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then, then I guess then you have El Tráfico, Nashville, and then it starts to let up a little bit, right? Yeah. Because then you're you have a League Cup game against Club America. Hmm. Then you're then you're getting to the back end of that you know. Oh, like is that the, the big one in in Rams at, at SoFi? Yeah, at SoFi. <laughs> then after that, but then you get you're gonna have a Real Salt Lake game. You play Charlotte. You play DC United. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he, you're gonna you're here. Then you go on your Texas swing because it's finally not terrible to play there yeah. in August. Yeah. So they're obviously they're they're they're. I feel like this is a pretty tough schedule to navigate. To be fair, yeah. So them them starting off hot, starting off well, was probably necessary, all things considered, because I don't think it's going to yeah, get easier. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think what it does force them to do right is to is to get hot at the right time. Yeah. Well, and I mean, hopefully, like they've they built up enough of a cushion so they can perform well in Open Cup, perform decently in the league to keep their standing right or something close to it mm-hmm. you bring in reinforcements uh in the summer and you make that you make that final push so yeah because you're you're right you're looking i mean you just don't want to run into an andre orta situation where he starts in july right he comes he yeah. joins the team yeah. in july and then he comes in and then flubs the galaxy game yeah like a, like a few weeks later i mean to be fair i i i don't see it i really just don't see them going with a young dp again because now you can sign you can sign Orta to the U twenty two initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will always have a young DP because you have to to take advantage yeah. of the U twenty two initiative. But I think that really incentivizes you to go get two full fledged designated players, plus a young one, mm-hmm. plus three more essentially that are that are young. So yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed on that one. All right, should we get in some questions here? Let's do it. Um, at 310 local pro has cost us six points. What I mean, say? I'll, I'll give, I'll th- give him three. This is, this is not the game yet. Yeah, three. I would say the galaxy one is probably the only one I had probably had a bigger, you know, yes. bigger yes. problem with just because it was the, the, the clear and obvious portion of it makes it mm-hmm. a tough pill to swallow, especially obviously it being a rivalry game. This one, again, both in in both instances, I'm like the second one. You're like, eh, you know, like it's a it's a it's a tough call. But Janela, what are you doing, right? Ibiaga, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Like you don't why? You know, you know what Ibiaga's clearance looked like to me. Hmm. It looks like when you watch U10 soccer in the US <laughs> because they're not allowed to use their heads. So they're just this is the kind of everything. play you see instead. It's just yeah. high boots all over the field. It's disastrous. Like it's it's so infuriating. And I get it. I get it. We're trying to protect kids from concussions. Got it. But the amount of dangerous play that results from kids not being allowed to use their heads is yeah. kind of frightening. If that's what you care about, just make it more of the soft helmet. <laughs> the Peter send him like send him like uh what's that kid from Little Giants? Um yeah. And his mom like sends him in the, oh, in, like, yeah. the foam and bubble and bubble wrap yeah. to practice. Do that instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? So what? Really, if it's if we're talking about the Galaxy game, uh, and if, I think you and I both agree that's the one that LAFC got jobbed on. Yeah, uh, and, and again, some of the offside calls too. Though I mean, that like it was more than just the like that last second one, right? It's like the the I think it was a Carlos Vela goal where they say yeah. he's, the, the 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 AR goes early. Probably should have let that one go to VAR. Yeah, and then that that changed the dynamic. Yeah, this one I'm like, those are two penalties, right? And I and for the rest yeah. of the game, I didn't really feel like, you know, Uncle was, you know, again, he, is he a great ref? No, does he let things get out of hand? Probably a little more than he should. Sure. Yeah, but I think like, him. I think him calling it dead, like VAR calling McCarthy for coming off the line on the save, is harsh. 
But again, like LAFC didn't do anything offensively in that match. Yeah. So it's not like what it would have been one nothing if that were the case. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not like that second penalty attempt broke the game open. Yeah. What are what are the chances that we that you know the LAFC made that that even yeah. that game out, right? Yeah. It's not there. As, yeah, so I mean as as difficult as it is to stomach giving up two penalties and losing two nil, uh yeah, I, I can't say I can't say LAFC were robbed there. Um and I mean technically if you if you consider that offside goal uh against Galaxy, the the last minute equalizer, it's really only two points that they cost us, but um yeah, tough one. All right, at Yo Yo Torre sixty six, LAFC depth is starting to disappear with injuries. LAFC should have filled the third DP slot this past this past transfer window. Reality should start kicking in that maybe LAFC isn't as good as they should be on paper. I yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not ready to write this team off. And I you all know, you all listened last year. I wrote this team off early last year. Uh and I'm not ready to do that. I, it's not the same team. Um regarding the third DP, I'm not uh, this pat I mean, if you're talking about the past MLS transfer window, it's you're not gonna get guys in this in like the middle of the spring. It's just not gonna happen. I don't mind them waiting, uh, especially with where they've been so far. But, um, I mean, they went for Cabecita, right? And Vela ended up staying, so you didn't sign him. Yeah. You know, and I think also, right, like what what does a DP add add to your current problems? Right? Like our, our current biggest issue right now is like we just have a ton of injuries along the back line that all happened at the same time. Yeah. Right, like there's yeah. not a whole lot you can do. Like, it's just, you know, it's a matter, you know, like some of, the, some of it is just sheer luck that guys do and or don't get hurt, especially in the way that we're seeing it, where it's hamstring injuries, right? Mm. Like there's, there's only so much you can do in terms of training to prevent some of these things from happening. Um, you know, and again, and this is coming from someone if like in my profession, our goal when it, with most athletes is to go through injury prevention you know, it strategies, right, for athletes. But especially when some of it, like Hollingshead's one, it's a contact injury. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, he, he gets he gets stuck in and kind of in, gets twisted up in a weird moment there, right? Um, you know, I think Escobar picks up, picks up something towards the end of the game. You know, Henry, you know, is, is trying to run one down and, you know, and picks up a hammy. Like, you know, that – this not from this is not these aren't matters of overtraining or undertraining. It's just the, it's just what happens sometimes, right? And sometimes it's yeah. playing surfaces if you're Atlanta. But um, I'll tell you, you what, know. man, Atlanta fans, the way that they like just cape for that stupid stadium is incredible. Well, the weird thing is, it's like because it opens up, it's more than capable of them being able to roll in a grass field. Yeah. Yeah, they could do exactly what the the Arizona Cardinals do. Like if you drive if you drive by if you drive through Glendale uh, at the right time, you'll see the grass outside. Like hmm. they could just have it on a platform that rolls in and out if they needed to, or like you said, they could do natural grass uh, part of the year. They could even do a hybrid. There's hybrid natural and 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 turf that is better. Um, I made the mistake of actually getting into it with Atlanta fans uh, over this whole issue uh, because the tur- 
turf and Achilles and ankle injuries are like the one thing that is like legitimately, there's plenty of data to show that there's a higher incidence of ankle and Achilles injuries on turf. Yeah. The ACL Uh, stuff, knee stuff, it's not as clear. Right. Right. It's negligible at best. Um, it just so happens that Joao Paulo did his knee on, on turf a couple, a couple days before, but man, have you ever played on turf, Josh? Oh yeah. It's terrible. Dude, I can't walk for two days after. Granted, I'm not a professional athlete, and I'm 36 now, so I'm not I'm not what I used to be. But man, turf is so brutal on your joints. It's yeah, just it's, not good. It's because there's just a layer of cement underneath it. Yeah, right? that's the biggest yeah. thing, right? It's like you don't get the you don't get the same ground reaction forces when you don't have topsoil and everything. Yeah. And those different layers versus just there's rubber pellets to make it bouncy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible because when you get back into your car, they're just all over the place. <laughs> There's rubber pellets in your car, in your sports bag. Oh, it's the worst. Man. Yeah. All right. Next one from at Viva Photos. If we hadn't given up two questionable, questionable but understandable pens, this game would have been winnable. But the quick two goals made every move too aggressive and sloppy, leading to lots of dumb turnovers. There was no patience and no creativity. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough when you go down two nothing in the first 30 minutes is tough. And yeah. like we said, especially to a team that, that generally wants to sit in and counter. Yeah. Right. right? Like that's, that's been Colorado's MO under Robin Frazier's be defensively sound and find opportunities on the break. So like yeah. you're playing into your hands by giving up those two goals early. Cause again, they're, they don't have to give much up after that. Yeah. I mean, they got seven people playing behind the ball between their back line and their wing backs and defensive mids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- how are you going to get through that once once they've gone up two goals? So, can't do that. All right, at Andrew Zucci. This had nothing to do with the refs, just a bad game. It happens, Raito and Segura can't return quick enough. Janela needs to go, and I know this won't be popular. This won't be a popular opinion, but having Raito back and letting Opoku come on as a super sub is better suited for us. Mm. Josh, what do you got on that one? I think he's spot on. To be yep. fair, like yeah. I, I do like what Opoku brings to the table, but there, there definitely needs to be a bit of refinement. And it, I think, because they don't respect him in the same way that they do Raito. Yeah, so much more attention gets drawn to Carlos Vela, which allows. Which just doesn't give Vela much room to do much of anything, right? Which I think why you've seen his production drop off, and him have to pop up in, you know, to be able to get on the ball in in less than ideal situations, right? Where you see him yeah. on, you know, like I can't tell me how many times I see him on the left, where he just is so so much less effective than when he's able to cut in from the right hand side. But again, if you don't have a counterweight basically to keep the defense from sliding over to to you know, too quickly to him, you know, he, yeah. it's going to limit what he can do. And again, you're back to the midfield too. Like if your midfield isn't creating those clear cut options for Vela, then like he's going to be bottled up. So I like it. And Jan- again, on Janela, I, like, I think you and I, like the, he's got something, he's got something clearly, but I don't think, the, I don't think he's going to get the time he needs it at LAFC to develop into it. All right, 
at BroncoFan07. Long season bound to have a game like this. Totally true. Uh, so rank these in order of worst to awful. Two day NAs, high school level broadcast. Ted Uncle, no ideas at all on offense. Vela not even seeing the field. Hollingshead, uh, potential injury. This being a game where you need depth, and the depth is now Ibeaga and Janela, who are not good. Also, I don't like sport crossover. Or I know you don't like sport crossover comparisons, but who's the Angel Hernandez of MLS? Ted Uncle, Ismail Elfath, Jair Marufo, or something else? There's, there's a lot there, Josh. I'll let you just take whatever swing you want. I mean, it's... I I think Elfath is the worst to me. Mm. I I I like him. I dislike him slightly more than um than uh what's his name than than Ted Uncle. Uncle's pretty bad too, but you know, like I don't know for whatever reason, every time Elfath does anything, it just bothers me. Yeah, yeah, I. It is a good question who the worst is. But, I mean, LAFC fans are running the risk of sounding uh, rather crazy. Like, if we're just going to list off six or seven refs that we can't win when they're on the field, like, yeah, you're, you're not going to win a lot of games. A couple weeks ago, it was Chris Penso, right? And, again, <laughs> Penso got that one wrong against Galaxy, but it's just tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. TUDNA's broadcast is terrible. Um, It was actually better when the announcers weren't on and it was just the the game playing in the background. Mm. Um, But I think, obviously, for us, the worst thing is just the inability for them them to create in these moments. Now, again, the going down early, the the two penalties put you into a bad situation where you're going to have to ask guys to do stuff that they're probably not ready to do. and again, the, your rotation doesn't help that either, right? Not having, yeah. not having your best creators on the field at that moment. So, yeah. um, but the, I think the 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 worst of it is probably Hongshead going down because again, that just kills your depth again, and at a place where, you know, I think we we had finally felt comfortable with how the team was set up with that rotation of Palacios, Hongshead, and yeah. Right. And um, and Escobar, and to now have two of them, two of the three, you know, at least not at a hundred percent at this point, got it. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, at Danniness, Janela lacks the fire. I mean, he seemed pretty fiery after giving up the penalty, but yeah, I, I think he just lacks athleticism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just he's got to go back to. SAQ school or something. Zero fast twitch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat. Not ready to say Janela will not eventually be a good player, but I'm ready to say I don't think he will become a productive player for LAFC. Ah, there it is. That penalty was soft, but still a bonehead mistake. Time for him to find a new situation. Again, I, 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 is it kind of an odd penalty? I guess, but like he, I mean, he clears him out. He, he more, he puts more force than, he needs to into that shoulder charge uh, to clear out Jonathan Lewis. Jonathan Lewis probably uh, makes it makes more of it than than he needs to. But what is any attacker in this league gonna do if that was Chicharito? Like he would still be on the ground a day and a half later, right? Trying to trying to earn a penalty. So that's just you. You give a challenge like that in the box, and 
skilled attackers are going to make a meal of it and they're going to get the call that they that they're looking for so uh, i do agree though that it doesn't seem like he's going to have the right development here so lafc might have to be prepared to take a loss on him um next al hopkins the two pks were legit fouls and it's not even close totally agree we had zero shots on goal in the first half. The players need to stop complaining to the ref and need to focus on what they can control. Uh, very Ted Lasso of you, Al. Uh, LAFC Twitter are the soft ones today for complaining as well. LAFC simply didn't show up. Josh. He's not wrong. <laughs> like, it's honestly, it's like, you know, like I, I would, you know, it's it's always fun to go back and forth with Al, but honestly, he, this is, he's spot on. Yeah, I'm actually surprised to see Al giving him some stick because normally he's giving us stick for doing it to the players, right? Yeah. So, uh, good on you, Al. Welcome to the club. Uh, ben Cox, at Sir Bensington. Colorado had the right had the correct LAFC game plan, effective press, slow the game down, stop and starts, uh, extended time on the ground, bypass midfield, direct counters, capitalize on set pieces, not to mention the 3-4-1-2 that I did. Uh, they earned it. Questionable uncle moments and lack of LAFC cohesion also hurt. McCarthy and his post were men of the match. Josh, what did you think of McCarthy's performance? I, I mean, again, he, he, would I prefer him to Kripo? No. Right? Like, he, yeah. I still, there's still moments where I have to hold, you know, like I'm holding my breath when he, when it comes to some of the decision making that he, that he has. Oof. But and he's that, a good shot. What was it, Portland, where he came out and it was like he was, he had to actually defend because he missed on that. On the first yeah. tackle. <laughs> no, Cropo did the exact same thing, right? Like a few oh, days I'm later. Oh, I'm talking right? about Cropo, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but at the same time, when when Cropo does it, I, I feel like like the, the he does it with with intent, right? Mm. Whereas when when keepers over the last you know since the beginning of time, right? When it, whether it was Tyler Miller, um, what's his name, uh, Vermeer, yeah, or Romero. Right when they're when they're caught in these moments of decision making, literally, I have no. I I feel like they're they're just scared to make a decision. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't have to like, you know. Like, I mean, I might disagree with what Grappo decided to do in that moment, but I I appreciate the commitment to it. Right. And I remember yeah. it goes. There is that one moment where you know I think it was Miller and Zlatan, right. And I remember you saying it's like he just needs to clear him out there, yeah. right. Dive and, on the ball at his knees. Right. Would I have zero doubt that either Kerpo or McCarthy doesn't make that play? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, so again, I, for, you know, again, what I, I, I prefer, like, I think Kerpo is our, is, is our game winner. Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to win you matches and he's done so, has saved us points thus far already. Um, but I think McCarthy is great to have a stopgap, and I still I probably would have preferred McCarthy over some of the guys we've had. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was just gonna say. Is like all of a sudden, even like the depth there looks really good, whereas mm-hmm. before you couldn't even get one deep on the roster. Before, like I have no idea what I can trust this guy to do at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's just a different feeling to have some security back there. Monster twins at Katie's monster. I want to say yikes. Well, Katie. We have both said yikes, I think, uh, so far in this show. So uh, we agree. Al's back here. Uh, well, if we ever have three DPs playing other teams, 
uh, playing, other teams can't just focus on shutting down Vela. However, you look beyond just this game, Vela doubled, uh, Vela doubled, uh, double, oh my gosh, trying to make sense of what he wrote here. However, you look beyond just this game, Vela double teamed usually leads to other players scoring. The entire team laid an egg. This kind of goes, I think, back to what we talked about with uh, um, Opoku, right? You have to have somebody who's a genuine threat to not only finish, but create on their own. And Opoku, I think, in combination, has been really good at creating. He's not been able to do it on his own all that uh, consistently in a way that maybe Rodriguez does. Uh, but we'll just, you know, we'll see. Opoku's young. He's, yeah. he's a young you're just not, You're just not scared. You're not game planning for him at the moment. Right. 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 Versus you have to game plan for an Arango. You have to game plan for a Carlos Vela. You have to game plan for a Raito because they do, they do enough to make you have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seth at Sethosaurus. It is sad when you know the result before kickoff happens. And here he's quote tweeting himself. Uh, Uncle is refing the match. What is the over-under on controversial calls and missed calls? Um, I I would have I would have said one and a half over-under. And to be honest with you, I think it hit the under. I, I don't think either of these penalties are controversial. I really just don't. I think I think the call again on McCarthy is really tough. Like to go back to VAR for that is really really tough but the two penalties themselves like what are you disagreeing about yeah i mean like i said if they had actually played well and created it's a different story this is this is not the one yeah no all right josh we did it anything else on this game or no any other move on to the next one and and pray on to cincinnati right yeah pray they uh right the ship yeah a bit yeah all right, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore me, at Kirk Kinsey and Josh. LAFC Josh. We will talk to you all next time to recap the Austin FC match. Hopefully we can get back on track here and build up some more momentum going into the break. Good night. Good night.